good whatever time of day it is that you're tuning in today on the Consequences of Communication podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm going to be your host. This is episode 10, Building Relationships, Proposal, and Engagement. Uh, With proposal and engagement, uh, the couple things that we're going to talk about are meeting friends and family outside of the core group of friends and family, which should have been done last time, like that, or that we covered last time, introducing your your date or your girlfriend or boyfriend to your friends and family that are really close to you. This is the like extended friends and family. Uh, the second point is going to be asking for permission from the family, which we again we kind of already went over, uh, and then uh, propose the actual act of proposing and what that really means. We're gonna go ahead and get into it right after these questions, which I want you to think about as we continue through. How long do you think you should be engaged for? Are you ready to put in a lot of work to make a wedding happen? Because it is, it's really a lot of work. Um, a couple of episodes ago, we discussed uh, d- what dating continues looks like and the feelings involved with dating, which leads to the DTR, the define the relationship talk. From the DTR, as long as both parties agree, you move forward into a courtship relationship which grows closer or you each grow closer together uh instead of like having no real ties you start actually making those ties and this is where your boyfriend or girlfriend like whoever your your partner is uh girlfriend for boy or girlfriend for guys boyfriend for girls um and this is where you start covering for each other's weaknesses i I believe it was our list where we want to make sure that we want to make sure that we're looking for someone who is strong where we're weak so they can cover us in that area. And hopefully we're strong where they're weak. And then, of course, once things get going, then we build a relationship with friends and the fa- family, that, that core group, and be in text communications or be a part of the chats and stuff with them so that we can all get to know each other better. And that leads us to meaning the extended friends and family. So first things, obviously, you need to talk with your your girlfriend or boyfriend on who is really the most important figure in their life or figures in their life, whether that uh, typically it's uh, a parent, like mom, dad. Uh, Typically, dad is first, specifically for the marriage aspect. Well, for... From a guy's perspective, meeting your girlfriend's dad is probably one of the most important things, important relationships that you can actually build in that. And then for women, it's meeting my mother or like meeting your boyfriend's mother and making sure, you know, there's just that connection there. And that also goes to make sure that like you're building the that familial relationship uh, or starting to build that familial relationship, especially if you want to marry their kid. So once your relationship gets past the DTR, you both decide to pursue each other with the hopes of marriage. Then the inevitable step to meet friends and family. It really doesn't matter what kind of order this does, like this goes in. For example, for me specifically, like I'm going to introduce my girlfriend to my friends first because my friends are are physically closer to me and also relationally closer. They're, they're quite a bit um, closer than my parents. You know, it's just, I'm sure as you all know that it's just a different kind of bond. 
my friends being so close, it's just a lot easier for them to meet, uh, meet my girlfriend. And then, well, when I have one, I'm still single. You know, that's all dependent on your specific dynamic with your friends and your specific dynamic with your with your family. Uh, for me, friends are first because they help me build my adult life and their views matter to me in this regard. Specifically, the views from the friends that I have seated at my table that could speak into my life. Uh, that I mentioned, uh, I believe it is Best Friends, in the episode of Best Friends, which I believe is episode four, maybe five. Uh, when meeting your uh, potential significant others, uh, important people, be kind, courteous, respectful, and use their names when speaking to them. Just don't be like, hey, bro, hey, man, howdy. Like, you know, you want to make sure, like, hi, Lorraine, hi, Debbie, uh, uh, hi, Tyler, or hello, Tyler, how are you doing today? Like you want to use their names in some kind of way because uh, th- there was a book I read and I mentioned this before. Uh, Win friends and influence people by uh, I can't remember his first name, but Carnegie is his last name. And one of the chapters in there talks about the the amazingness of using someone's name or hearing your name and that being the sweetest sound to an individual in any language is hearing their name and it's true and it's also being kind respectful and courteous to that i know that meeting her dad your girlfriend's dad it's kind of kind of intimidating and one of the things that i think you should do when in that first meeting i think if the dad does not ask you what your intentions are with his daughter pull him aside be upfront honest very similar to last time. Hey, I'm introduced. Like I'm interested in. I'm in love with your daughter, and I want to pursue her to marriage. But I'm not quite. We're not quite at that stage yet. But th- those are my intentions, and there's there's not going to be any tomfoolery around. No spending the night over. None of that. So then, once your m- relationship moves forward past the meeting, and you've built the relationships between uh, the others, it's important. Then it's time to consider proposal, guys. This is for you. You just want to kind of like rehash what your intentions are when you when you get to that proposal uh, portion or you're wanting to propose. You pull them aside. Again, don't let your girlfriend know. Like tell them what your intentions are. Be respectful, kind, courteous, be serious. Putting it another way, imagine you have a daughter and they marry someone without you meeting them or even or not even hearing about it until way later and you realize the guy's a sleazeball who does not treat your daughter right. Is that someone you want to come across to your girlfriend's dad? Like that's that's something that I don't want to do. I want to make sure that everything is as cordial and as smooth and as open and honest as possible with that. So now like the meat and potatoes in this particular episode, all that other one was rehash, but also very important. Uh, the proposal, again, this is for the guys. Once you have to go ahead from her father, start with not what you want their proposal to be, but what she likes. Or does she like picnics? Does she like outdoor walks? Does she like nice dinners and museums? Incorporate what she likes and how you lead up to that proposal. For example, you don't want to go to dinner or a movie and propose after the movie. I that's super cheesy in my opinion. Even if, even if she's like a movie buff, the uh, a lot of women like candlelit di- candlelit dinners 
and uh, a, rom- a view that is romantic. Whether that's like overlooking the city, whether it's on like a like a picnic in a park at night that you can see um, that that's fairly well lit up, not not just complete darkness, but that like oversees this beautiful garden, like something something like that. Like that that could be just the equivalent, you know, the equivalent of this is just general from Hallmark movies and stuff. Yay. <laughs> But I I tend to find a lot of women prefer like oh that's so romantic to do do this which is why Hallmark still makes pretty much the exact same movies over and over year over year. Make sure that you plan to have a photographer friend or a professional photographer capture the moment, like the moments leading up to the proposal, the actual proposal, and then the moments after. And you want to make sure that you talk with the photographer, be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is where I want to be. I need you to be there at this time, at this place, and I want you over here. It'd be even better if instead of show, instead of telling them, you show them. Be like, hey, this is the site where I'm gonna bring bring her, and I'm gonna propose. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna do it right here. Uh, if this spot is taken, then I'm gonna do it over here. I'm just gonna do it away from other people because it's gonna be. I want it to be a private, intimate moment between me and my future fiance. So I, I would like you to be over here because I like the background of this like of the, this shot and it incorporates the things that she likes and that's that's really how you set up that that photography scene so now that you talk to the photographer make sure you plan a nice dinner or picnic or whatever and you prepare all that stuff and you set a date to to do this to make sure that she she's going to be there uh for our next date uh Saturday at 4 p.m. or whatever your normal date is. There's this restaurant that I wanted to try or this place that I wanted to go where it's going to be a more uh, business casual, semi-formal kind of kind of environment. You know, because you want both of you to look nice, especially for the pictures that last forever. And then we move on to the actual date where you propose. Take her out. You make sure that it's a pleasant conversation, that she's having fun, that you're also having fun, that you guys are really enjoying each other's company. And then you make sure that you go to the pre-coordinated time, uh, location at the time that you said that you'd be there. You go there, depending on the circumstances, you may have like, a, if it's like a picnic area, then you could be like, hey, just stand up and, and dance with me a little bit or something, you know kind of throw her off her off her game a little bit instead of just being like standing up and then be like hey give me your hand come here and then proposing but whatever whatever works whatever it is instead of just being like hey will you marry me especially in that tone you don't want to do that you want to make sure that you're unapologetically you when you propose because that's the that's going to be my best advice for you to do that, like, make sure that it's coming from you. Don't copy my words. Don't copy somebody else's words. It's, you just want to make sure that you actually ask the question, will you marry me? I mean, you could ask it, be like, hey, do you want to be my forever girlfriend or something? Like, <laughs> and then put, pull out the ring. Um, But that's not necessarily as clear as, will you marry me? Because forever girlfriend is like, we're just going to continue with our relationship as is, and then never get married, never have kids or family. So will you marry me is probably the best 
question, but how you do that and what you lead up to it is, I think you kind of want to ease into it. You're like, hey, I've really, like, we'll just use Alyssa. That's the first name that popped in my head. Alyssa, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and the time that we spent. And I'm so in love with the way that you carry yourself, your character, how kind you are, how respectful you are, how loving you are, how how you treat everybody that you know and then everybody you don't know. And, and it's just so lovely being around you. Will you marry me? You know, you want to do like some intro kind of like that because you're giving them like so much compliment, like you're being open and honest and loving with whatever you're saying to her to make sure that she knows that you really do value her and her time and the relationship that you two have built. You want to make sure that that point comes across while you're asking her to marry you. And please don't use those words exactly. <laughs> because what if one day she comes around and finds this video and be like, this is exactly how he proposed to me. Minus, my, but my name is not Alyssa, it's Kim or whatever. And then that's the only difference. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Uh, so one of my best friends, uh, he for his uh, first wife, the way that he got her to go out on a date with him was using a quote from a movie. I don't remember what the quote was, but it's a quote from Toy Story. And she didn't find out till years later. And then she was a little upset with that because she thought it was him and his creativity and him being very romantic. And she's when she realized it, she's like, he was a little bit in trouble for that. So there's your, there's your caveat or your warning. And now, after you propose and ask that question and show her the ring, if she says no, then you have your photographer friend that you can like go and be sad and like sad with. Sorry, with in that scenario, if she says no and like runs away, then you have your photography buddy that you can like at least go get a hug from. But if you're if she says no and she stays there, then ask her why, because it's I, I think that's a very logical question to ask like a very like uh, uh the next question to ask is why not ladies if that's you and you say no and they ask give them a reason without prompting if you say no give them a reason without them asking and then if she says yes then you jump for joy give her a hug give her a kiss make sure the like the cameraman gets it or camera woman uh takes all the pictures you need to discuss how and when you're going to tell people. Are you going to tell people via Facebook with the engagement pictures? Are you going to tell people in person? I would, my preference is I tell my, the people that sit at my table in person, like, heck yeah, she said yes, look at these awesome pictures. And then every everybody else only gets like a Facebook update or a, a text message update. Uh, or if I'm just so happy to pass, pass by and have that update, uh, passing by conversation. Now, the engagement, the connection and understanding of each other should continue to deepen, just like with courtship, and that that continues to to deepen. This is when like planning the wedding starts happening, it's a little bit more stressful, you see a little bit 
of a different dynamic. This is a giant endeavor for both of you and for your families and those involved in your wedding, whether it's groomsmen, bridesmaids, the people attending, uh, the people that have a seat at your table, the people that have a seat at her table, the people that are going to have a seat at y'all's table. It's just a big deal. Like It's literally life-changing for more than just you and your uh, your fiancé. Through like the, the additional stress of wedding planning, you get to see how they respond to that level of stress because it is quite stressful to be like to do all that planning. And it's better to get all the planning done as soon as you can because then you don't have to worry about it. It's like, how do you eat at an elephant? It's one bite at a time. Well, if you procrastinate and you're like, hey, my wedding is in a month and I only have the color scheme down, you're way behind the ball. <laughs> like, which is why last time I said about three to four months, six months at the latest for the time to be engaged, because that would give y'all enough time to get all the details down, get groomsmen, bridesmaids, <laughs> get groomsmen, bridesmaids, uh, get the locations down, the guest list done, all of it. It gives you plenty of time to do all that, but it's going to take some work. It's pretty much going to be what I would suggest for that is taking at least one day a week, like on the weekend where both of y'all are off, off of work, or even if it's during the week with how our society's business schedules are now, then at that point, just start planning the wedding. Maybe hire a wedding planner because you probably need to. This is a, a warning for for y'all. Like once engagement happens, the temptation and desire to be intimate with each other, physically intimate with each other, is going to go through the through the roof. To encourage you, like please stay abstinent, because if you don't, then it's going to go back and or it's going to go into that. Hey, this is going to this is, our relationship is based off of physical attraction and uh, just a physical physical realm. Especially once you get to this point, it's I'm I love you and I respect you enough to wait to have sex with you until our wedding night. Really what it, I I love and respect you so much that I want to make sure that we wait until our wedding night. And something that I also think needs to happen during this engagement portion, and I'm going to mention this next time too because I think it's important, is uh, premarital counseling. Even if you're you've been open, honest, and loving in your communication with each other, that especially if y'all haven't been married before, or if neither of you have been married before, you don't know the questions that come up are like the hidden questions that you just uh, that you may assume and they don't. Because you're your own person, they're their own person, just like how why I started this podcast. I'm my own person. Nobody has the exact same experiences that I do. Y'all have may have similar experiences than I do, or you have no experiences that I do, but you value my pers- my perspective. It's the same kind of thing where I'm trying to explain my perspective on everything in the, involved in any type of relationship which is different than anybody listening to this podcast. Some of the stuff may be similar and there's degrees of similarity, but at the same time, you want to make sure when you do go to premarital counseling, they'll help you as a couple work through some stuff, ask the questions that you may not have, not have realized that you needed to ask and 
through that, you're going to be growing closer together because you have a deeper understanding of what, what they are. So, um, my, my, one of my favorite dialogues about how complex people are is from Shrek. Ogres are like onions. What about cake? It's, it's got layers. No, like onions. Oh, you mean like a parfait? <laughs> I know I didn't sound anything like the characters, but that's one of my favorite scenes because just like in the progression of a, a relationship from being strangers, which is the very outer layer of the onion, the super, super thin one, to being friends is the next layer, to being best friends is the next layer, and if they're the opposite sex, then being a romantic uh, a romantic relationship could ensue, which is the next layer, and it's just like that's the level of who gets to know you, and God gets to know you from every every layer that you have, from the outer layer to the inner layer, that you're afraid to share with anybody. He knows it all, so not why not let him know what your concerns and stuff are. Pray about it. He already knows it. He already knows your concerns. He knows every hair, like he has every hair on your head, numbered, and then. Premarital counseling, uh, you should do up until about a week before you get married. I think that's about right. And then after you get married, after your honeymoon, y'all should continue to go to counseling because the dynamic of your relationship changes so much after your wedding because of the physical uh, aspect of being married. Not to like take away from the joy of the honeymoon phase, but you want to make sure that you're both still able to communicate with each other as clearly as you need to and as honestly as you need to. So you're not just agreeing with something that she says just because you don't want to say what you really feel about it and vice versa. Now, to revisit the questions. Working through all of the relationship and the proposal of the engagement requires a lot of time, energy, and attention financial resources. Are you up for it? Are you willing and able to get into the mud and fight for your romantic relationship? That's really the question. This is your homework because I don't think I did the homework last time. I don't remember. If you are not married and or engaged, look into what all is involved with wedding planning. Not too in-depth, just enough to realize how much actually work goes into wedding planning and how ridiculous it is. Just to make sure that you're prepared for it. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, and I don't think a lot of guys are prepared enough for that. <laughs> of how much time and energy it's actually going to take. And there's also another piece of, of the homework. But it's for the married people. So, married people have single friends. Hopefully of the same sex. If they're opposite sex, then you should not... Like, you should be friendly, but not friends outside of the couple. So, if you are married... Help your single friends out, especially with the wedding planning portion, because um, that has enough stressors for everybody. So if today's episode of Consequences of Communication has helped you, then I'd appreciate it if you like, subscribe, ring the notification bell, uh, comment what your favorite part is, uh, subscribe, share with your friends, family, or someone that came to mind while you were listening through this. That'd be fantastic. I do appreciate you tuning in today on uh, the podcast especially during a busy schedule. Uh, I know it's uh, about every t- everybody that was like, new year, new me, I'm going to the gym. Uh, they're probably going to quit now if they already haven't, or if they haven't already. 
but you can definitely join us on February 20th, 2024 for Consequences of Communication, Episode 11, Building Relationships, Wedding Planning. But until then, while well, I decide and work through this, because I need to do some planning myself, because this is what I planned for thus far, this episode that we're currently on. So this gives me enough time to actually plan the things out that I need to and do that. That's great. That's a lot of background info that I'm probably going to edit out. But until next week, take care and I'll see you later.